the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5, each and every weekday in the afternoon. What are you doing this weekend, this coming weekend, July 1st? Can you believe it's already July 1st? Saturday, July 1st, Sunday, July 2nd. What are you doing this weekend? Did you know that the Harvest Crusade is coming up this weekend, July 1st and 2nd? We have a special guest with me here to talk about it. My guest is Pastor Greg Laurie. Greg Laurie is the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship with campuses in California and Hawaii, and his show, A New Beginning, is heard daily on this station as well. The Harvest Crusade is coming up July 1st and 2nd. This year, it's at the Honda Center, so change of venue. Important for you to realize that. We're excited about that. Pastor Greg, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, thanks for having me on again. Great to be with you. Let me just... uh Say a quick word. Why are we at the Honda Center instead of Angel Stadium? Good question. Let me <laughs> let's put that right on the top. Yeah, we don't right want people to go down to the Big A and wonder where everything is. That's right. I still call so, it the Big A. Yes. So for well over thirty years, we did meet at Angel Stadium. So this last year, they said uh, we can no longer have you have people come down on the field because Major League Baseball says we don't want that. And uh, and so you can't have them come forward. Well, as you know, Scott, that's a big part of what we do. It's uh, people coming forward and making that public stand to follow Christ. And so we appealed it and we tried to work it out with them and they were firm in this. So we realized we had to have a change of venue. So now we're at the Honda Center. So that's why we've made the move from A to B. Maybe that will change in the future. Uh, but I, I, of course, disagree with that decision. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that... Uh, Major League Baseball needs to take a long, hard look at some decisions they're making, like what happened at Dodger Stadium recently. That's right. Uh, you know, with this, uh, this this group openly mocking Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. And it's just like, come on, people. Like, uh, we've been, you know, there for well over 30 years uh, holding this event. We're disappointed. But, but we're hoping to go back again in the future someday. But this year, July 1 and 2, Honda Center. Honda Center. Well, at least it'll be indoors, so that might yes. uh, make it a little comfortable for people. And uh, when people come forward, hopefully they'll put some uh, stuff down on the ice because that could be a liability problem. But, yeah, we'll uh, have that covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, uh, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, God will have his reason and what he's going right. to be glorified for at the Honda Center with all of this. And and you know that. You know, the last time we talked on this program, it was right before Jesus Revolution came out. Mm-hmm. And we are excited and anticipating what the Lord might do through that movie. And he blessed it in a huge way. He really did. And it's kind of mind-blowing what has happened with this film. It performed well at the box office. And because of that, it's gone into a very large theatrical release globally. 
Uh, it's uh, opening this week in the UK. It's going to open in Ireland. It's going to play in Latin America, India. It's already shown in Australia, New Zealand. So it's continuing its theatrical release now around the world. But it's on streaming platforms here in America. You can watch it at Apple. You can watch it at Amazon Prime and, and other streaming outlets. It's even in those little red box machines I saw the other day <laughs> in a market. It's on airplanes. People are sending me pictures. Hey, we saw Jesus Revolution on Delta. So it, it's so exciting the way it's getting out because this is where it will reach its largest audience. That's I right. just got this little comment on social media, uh, media. A person says, adored the movie. You also led my mother to Jesus two weeks before she suddenly died. God is good. Wow. So, I mean, you know, we're, we've heard story after story of people coming to Christ watching this film. And uh, one story I heard was uh, a person went and saw it, and uh, actually a group of guys saw it, and, and they were just sitting there. And, and so some Christians were in the theater, and they walked over to these young men and said, uh, what did you think of the movie? Well, we liked it, they said. We just wonder, what does it mean? How does one do this? Like, what do you, do you need to be baptized? They just, they wanted to know how to take the next step. So the Christians led these guys to the Lord and, uh, and then they were in church the next Sunday. So God is using the movie to bring people into the kingdom. And I, I think that this movie is a really great tool, uh, because you can show the movie to someone, then have a great gospel conversation afterwards. You know, the movie, it disarms people, Scott. Yeah. It it mm. touches them emotionally. They connect to the characters. You know, it's not a preachy film, but it has the gospel in it. And, and enough where I think a person can see how they too can come into a relationship with Christ. And so it's just continuing to touch lives, and we thank God for that. I think it's a it's an amazing thing when you said that somebody's watching it on a plane. Somebody's going to have that story. They got saved on a plane. Yeah. They took off. They were not in the kingdom, and they landed, and they were. Well, you've heard of snakes on a plane. I want to see saved on a plane. Saved on a plane. <laughs> I think we have a sequel. I think we have a sequel right here. You can have people uh, uh, come forward right in the middle of the plane, you know. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> Harvest Crusade, Crusade Airline Edition. You yes. know, I, th- I think that's really great. We've had people on our show call really for months. They still refer to that movie and how encouraging it was. We live in a time where things are crazy. You mentioned the baseball situation. And, you know, I I feel like I still feel like unless it's time for Christ's return and we're just this is the plan of God. I feel like there is a time where we might have revival. We usually talk about that. Mm -hmm. I'm still encouraged at that possibility right now. Well, you know, Scott, God has actually given us what we might call a prescription for revival in Second Chronicles 7.14. Now, contextually, that statement was made originally to the nation Israel, but I think principally mm. it applies to any nation, yep. including America, where God says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God promises I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, we all want to see our land healed, but let's make sure we're doing our part. And notice that God points his finger at his own people. You know, it's easy for us as Christians to Mm -hmm. talk about all the evil going on in the world, and there's a lot of it happening, but let's make sure that we're not having evil things that we need to turn from. It starts in our heart. So let's be praying, and let's be repenting, and let's be preaching and proclaiming the gospel. And that's why an event like the Harvest Crusade is such a great thing, because it's a catalyst. It's something we can work toward. It's something we can invite 
an unbeliever to. And, and, you know, coming back to the first part of our conversation, I'm actually looking forward to doing this at the Honda Center because it's a different kind of a venue. And it's, it's more intimate, still big. It's like 16, 17,000 seats. But still, uh, we're going to be able to do something we've not been able to do in a stadium. You know, stadiums are so mm. big and expansive. When people sing, you don't hear them very well. When you're in a theater or, or, a, or an arena like the Honda Center in the round, it's different. You can hear what's happening, and and this is going to be a really intensive, immersive kind, immersive kind of a worship crusade. It's actually going to be more of a throwback to our very earliest crusades that we did in the '90s, where they were more worship focused. And mm. so, I you know I just feel like you know the, this is what happened. God closed one door, He opened another. Or, you know, so we're like saying, let's seize this moment, and make it the best crusade it can be. I would just say to folks listening right now, get there early. Make sure you, you know, take time to get your seat. I would be sad to see you turned away, but we have so many seats, and once they're filled, they're filled. That's right. So you have two nights to choose from, but I would encourage you to get there early. My guest is Pastor Greg Laurie, and the Harvest Crusade is coming up July 1st and 2nd. It's at the Honda Center this year, and we were you were talking about the music. And in yeah. the round, the people who will be there are Chris Tomlin, Phil Wickham, Michael W. Smith, Passion, and uh, Taya. Is that how you say Taya. Taya, that's right, Taya. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people are going to have a different experience if you've been yeah. in this a lot because of it. And the worship, it's just going to be amazing. And, you know, I would I would let people know the whole time is fun. From the time you yeah. arrive to the whole evening, this is a great time with your family and your friends who you're going to bring. And you were talking about this being a tool for evangelism. Yes. And you know what? I think one of the great things about the Harvest Crusade is it's so well done that you're not going to lean over to your coworker that you invited and say, you know, I'm sorry I brought you to this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> you're, it's That matters. That, you know, yeah. that it, and so I want you to think about it. That person that God has put on your mind right now that you just, when I said coworker, or maybe it's somebody that you live next door to or somebody that you go to school with. Yeah. Bring them to this. It's free. Right. The concert will be amazing. It is a great performance. It is It is hearing the people sing, I think, is going to be very powerful. And the message will be powerful. And people coming forward and getting saved is always something for, I think it, you know, some people that I knew who went last time who weren't saved, they were shocked by it uh, mm-hmm. last year. And completely moved by the number of people who clearly, you know, if if you watch people going down, you know, some people are going down, they got a smile on their face and maybe they're there to help and other things. But some people have tears flowing down their face. That's right. And I knew people who were crying, not because, both because they were convicted of things, but other people Mm -hmm. whose tears were flowing because the person they brought wanted to go down there. Yes. And that's why God put you on this earth, everybody. It's that person that you bring to the gospel, that person that you share your life, that person is so close to you that when you do repent, uh, they see it and wonder what happened, mm-hmm. and you get to tell them. That's right. You know, Scott, 85% of the people that walk forward at a Harvest Crusade and make a profession of faith were brought by a friend. Yeah. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to bring someone with you. Don't send them to the Harvest Crusade. Bring them to the Harvest Crusade and be praying for them. While it is happening, you know, coming back to the worship, you think, well, worship, that's not very evangelistic. Actually, it can be very Mm -hmm. evangelistic. And I'll tell you why. 
You know, when God is honored and glorified and you sense the presence of the Lord in a room, that really impacts people. The culture, the secular culture, has nothing like worship. Uh, it's kind of rare for people who even sing together anywhere uh, in public settings. But this is a place where you're going to encounter God's presence. And, you know, before I was a Christian, I was on my high school campus and I was walking across and I saw a group of Christians singing songs about God. I thought they were delusional and crazy, and I honestly felt sorry for them. But I sat down close enough to kind of eavesdrop on their conversation and what they were saying. And as I watched them worship Scott, I, I just kind of was moved by the fact that this seems really real mm. to them. And, and they weren't, you know, this was not complex music they were doing. This was like four card chords on an acoustic guitar. Right. Just these real basic sing-alongs, you know. But there was something about Christians worshiping God that moved me and sort of opened my heart. And then when I heard the gospel from a visiting preacher named Lonnie Frisbee, if you've seen the movie, you know who he is. Uh, and, and then when he preached the gospel, I understood it. And that was the day I believed. And so... You know, I think that uh, when you go into this environment where God is honored and glorified, that it's going to prepare the hearts of people to hear the gospel message. And each night I give a very clear proclamation of the gospel. Here's what's unique about this event. Number one, it's free. You would normally pay a considerable amount of money to see any of these top-level artists perform somewhere. This event is free. Number two, it's designed from beginning to end to bring the gospel in an understandable way to a non-believer. Because I know we all want to bring people to church, and we finally talk, you know, our neighbor into coming to church, and that has to be the Sunday the pastor speaks on tithing or something, <laughs> yeah, right. whatever. You know, no, that's not the message I would have chosen. My message is designed for a non-believer. I'm preaching for a decision. Uh, so this is a perfect place to bring someone to that does not yet know the Lord. So look, we all know non-believers. Start praying for them and start extending that invitation. Say, what time should I pick you up? That's right. Pray for them and ask God to open up that door for you to do it, to make you do it. I think God answers that prayer also. Yes. You know, he does. And this is great. You go and you have a great time and it's free also. I think that's a, people need to make sure they understand that because you're right. These people, uh, when they're just doing a concert, you buy a ticket like any other event that can be expensive. Um, You know, this year, how many years have you been doing this now? Oh, my goodness. I think it's 33 years. 33. This may be our 33rd or 34th year. I think it's our 33rd year. Yeah. And God blesses it every time. It's something that Southern California, I think, has uh, even adopted as a great event. So many people have been and so many people's lives have been touched by it. And we're all looking forward to it. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, Every year, I'm excited about it. I spend a lot of time prepping these messages. You think, oh, Greg, they're such simple messages. It's true. But, you know, in some ways, it takes more work to write something that's simple than mm. something that's complex. You know, I just kind of keep with, I keep whittling it down. So it just becomes that very simple, straightforward, streamlined presentation of the gospel. I take it really seriously. You know, I, I know people are bringing non-believers there. So I really want to do the best job I can do, and we want to do the best job we can do as a team here at Harvest 
to present an event that will honor the Lord and speak to the hearts of those that don't know him yet. I think that's great for people to hear too, Greg, because I think sometimes people don't understand what a pastor does and how much work goes into a message, even a message that you've given so many times, but there's always something different to say. The Lord's always going to put that on your heart. There's always a different time of the year and time in culture that needs to be addressed. And that is a lot of work uh, at the end. And we appreciate that you do that. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank My you. honor. I love to do it. You know, I, it's a thrill for me, really. One of the things I love more than anything else in doing ministry is I love to study, write, and deliver messages. You know, that's my favorite part. And so this is something that I, I spend a lot of time prepping for, but I really enjoy that prep as well and pray that God will use it for his glory. Yeah. Well, Greg, you know, as... Um... We, we wrap this up. Are there ways that we can pray for you and your team and Harvest Christian Fellowship, where you're the pastor of? I've thought a lot about that this year because of the movie being out and publicity in a different way. And, you know, when the spotlight shines on us, it, it creates a different world for us in some ways. You know, how has that been for you and your family this year? Well, it's been interesting. You know, uh, my wife and I just uh, went to Italy for our 50th wedding anniversary. Hmm. I thought I better go big or stay home, right? So yeah. we were having a great time. And I was amazed that people were recognizing us in Italy, you know, who had seen the movie. And because it's everywhere now, you know. And so it, it's uh, we're thankful to God for it. And, and it's a great tool that's opened up a lot of doors and uh, to to reach people that we had not been able to reach before. And, and I just... I uh, appreciate people praying for us. You know, I'm 70 years old now, so not a spring chicken, <laughs> but I, my health is good. My energy is good. Just pray God gives me the strength and clarity of mind to do what he has called me to do as effectively as I can do it. And, you know, I had the opportunity, Scott, to become close friends with Billy Graham mm. toward the end of his ministry. In fact, I met him when he was in his late 60s, and he asked me to come and help him with his ministry as it was coming to a close. And I actually was involved in helping him write his sermons, um, specifically helped him with illustrations. And so I spent a lot of time with Billy. So in, in reality, I was enrolled in the finest evangelistic university on earth, being personally taught by the greatest evangelist really of all time, Billy Graham himself. And, and I learned a lot in doing that. And it was a great honor to see, and he just went on for years and years, you know. So he, Billy, was preaching well into his eighties. Right. So, you know, we'll see how many years the Lord gives me. But, you know, I, I see it this way. I, you know, I say treat every day as though it were the last day, because one day it will be. Mm. So, you know, we just every day God gives us opportunities, whatever our age is, and we want to use it to glorify Him. So that's what I'm looking to do at, at this stage in my life. Well, we're looking forward to it. Can I pray with you for yes. uh, for you and for the Harvest Crusade coming Thank up you. in uh, on July 1st and 2nd? So that's coming up pretty quick, everybody, July 1st and 2nd at the Harvest Crusade. And I'll give you some details here in just a second as we pray. Uh, God, I thank you for Greg. I thank you for the calling that you've put on his life and the ministry that you continue to give him. And we pray that you would protect and bless his family and that even in all of this, as he prepares for his message this year, that not only would it be the best one he's ever given, mm. um, but that he would grow personally as he studies, that he mm. would continue to grow closer to you. We pray for him and his staff and everybody working. And this year, 
we know it's in a different place, and uh, that was not a surprise to you, Lord, to move it to Honda Center, and we are so excited about what you're going to do at the Harvest Crusade there. We pray for everybody who is going to be there, whether they are coming and they're a Christian and they they are going to come and be rejuvenated by your spirit, or they are bringing a friend, or they have finally uh, worked up the courage to invite their coworker, or they're working on it now, Lord. We pray for yes. them that you would just give them that courage. The worst they're going to say is no. Amen. And that when their coworker says yes, which so often happens, mm-hmm. that you would put joy and confidence in you in their heart. And we pray for the salvation of every single person who comes, that they would know Jesus Christ, that you'd speak through Greg and speak through all the mu- musicians and even all of the volunteers and everybody that they interact with. We all play a role as your church there. We pray for this event. We ask your blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, God. I appreciate that. Greg, it's always great to have you on the, on the show, and I'm so excited to see you coming up here on July 1st and 2nd. It is the Southern California Harvest Crusade at the Honda Center. It's not at the Anaheim Stadium. It's at the Honda Center this year. Important to know, July 1st and 2nd. It's coming up very quick. Each night begins, the program begins at 6 p.m., but you want to get there early to make sure that you get a seat. So get there a lot earlier than that, and there will be Christian artists there. Uh, Chris Tomlin, Phil Wickham, Michael W. Smith, Pat. And uh, it's Taya. Taya. Taya, right. <laughs> and the Harvest Worship Band, too. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. And Greg will have a new gospel message, and you can have confidence in that. Pray for your friends and your family, your coworkers, your classmates, the people in your life, and invite them and come. It's for free. Once again, July 1st and 2nd at the Honda Center. You can go to harvestcrusade.com, harvestcrusade.com. Pastor Greg Laurie, thanks for being with me on the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks for having me on. We will be right back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Good to be back with you today. It is Wednesday, and we just had Greg Laurie on talking about the Harvest Crusade this weekend. I wonder if you've been to the Harvest Crusade and uh, just want to share a testimony about it. It's been going on for 30 years. Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, and uh, maybe you received Christ there, or maybe it uh, was a step along the way to you accepting Christ, or maybe it was somebody that you know who you brought who accepted Christ. I got to tell you what, some of the people that I met uh, just last year at the crusade, you know, there were some people really struggling who came. Some came on their own. Most came with people because that's how it works. And, you know, it's a reminder about how the gospel of Jesus Christ is impactful still today. Never lose that. The simple gospel message that you get to hear at an event like this is something that if you're already a believer, it'll be encouraging to sort of push away some of the things that get in our way as we think about these things. But also, that person that you're thinking of, who you're thinking right now, they're never coming to Christ, right? You're thinking, you you know somebody who is so far away from Jesus that you're just like, well, I don't think that person's going to, you know what? Don't be afraid to invite that person. You have no idea what they might be going through right now, where they might be asking a question about their own mortality. In the news today, breaking news is that uh, Madonna, the singer Madonna, 
has been hospitalized for several days, apparently, with a bacterial informa- uh, infection. This came out uh, maybe right before the show, and the way it was breaking at first is that she was being rushed to the hospital, and this was just happening real times. But now it's being reported that actually she's been in the hospital for several days, and people didn't know. That's amazing to me, by the way, just that, that she, somebody like Madonna, would be in the hospital for days, and nobody knew that that was kept a secret. Seems like there's always somebody looking. Anyway, she um, is in the hospital, or at least was in the hospital, with a serious bacterial infection. That's all they're saying. But she went into the uh, ER in ICU, and then was put in the ICU, and she was intubated. So it's pretty serious. And they're now reporting that a full recovery is expected. But I bring that up in this context for this. Do you believe that a person like Madonna would come to Christ? You know, I think that sometimes that maybe that doesn't cross our mind. Or did it even occur to you if you heard this story that we ought to pray that she does? I feel like we talk about praying for people when they're sick, including famous people and people that maybe we you know, feel a connection to because of their music or their sports or whatever it is that we see with them. But have you ever thought about actually praying for Madonna and not for her recovery? I mean, that's part of it, but that maybe this would be something that's a catalyst to her finding Jesus. I hate that phrase, finding Jesus, but I just used it, didn't I? Uh, That she would, you know what I mean, though, that she would come to Christ. That maybe when you have a real near-death experience, and some people do have this moment, that people who've been very rebellious, people who have been, uh, and I think it's fair to say that that has been her life up to this point, as far as we know, that even people who have been antichrist in some ways, that they have lived a life in directly opposing the the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ in many ways. And I would put her in that category. She is a soul who is made in the image of God, who Jesus died for. And, you know, I think of it this way. I think that's how we ought to pray for her, that she would get saved, that maybe she comes out of this and you know, reconsiders what her life is about. And I think at some point in her life, maybe she grew up, uh, you know, had a Catholic background or maybe she had a Christian background in other ways. I'm forgetting some of that stuff. She's been around a long time since I was a kid. I think she she was hitting the scene and uh, causing uh, destruction in the lives of young people uh, back when I was a young person, when I was uh, sixth or seventh grade, I think. Uh, maybe she she made it on the scene. You know, as you think about it, pray for her salvation. It's not just about her healing. And to be cynical about it, you know, what good does that do anybody, you know, if they don't know Jesus? You know, you want to, you know, I guess it gives you more time, right? But you want people to come to Christ. When we pray for people's healing, the reason to do that is so that they come to Christ, that they become more useful to Christ. Even somebody who's a believer who is sick, one of the reasons you pray for their healing I don't know if you ever thought about that, that somebody is really sick and they've got a bad cancer diagnosis, somebody in your church, and you probably have a a list of people that you pray for in your church or maybe in your own mind. And one church I was at, they had this prayer list that they actually published in the, the handout that they handed out on Sunday, but they had two prayer lists. One prayer list was just people, uh, a sick person list is what it was. But they had a separate list. They just called it the cancer list. There were so many people with cancer that they separated those people into a specific list. And, you know, you pray for those people. You want their recovery. But there's an interesting thing about, I don't want to say contradiction, but it's something that might might cross your mind, that for the Christian, you know, to die is gain. 
Like, you don't want to die. You don't want to die now. But the reason you don't want to die, like, I don't want to die right now, right? I look forward to being in heaven one day. I look forward to that time with Christ, and I look forward to that day. I don't want to leave right now because I don't want to leave my kids without a dad, right? I don't want to leave my wife as a widow. There, there are reasons I, I pray that God would keep me around right now, and I've prayed that prayer. But I'm not afraid to one day actually be with Christ. I look forward to that day. I really, really do. Uh, so there's a reason to. But I hope that as long as I'm here, not only am I able to be a good dad and a good husband and a good friend to the people I'm friends with, but that I can impact people for Christ. And that's the way that we should be thinking about our life. you know. And when we pray for people in the church to get well, the reason you pray for them to get well is so that they can get back out on the field, to use a sports analogy. So that, you know, if you're sick, you're kind of benched. You know, you if, if you're really sick, you're in a place where there's not a lot of share in your faith necessarily. Sometimes there is. I think there are some people who are sick and God uses that so that they do share their faith, right? But for a lot of us, you know, when I'm sick, I'm just miserable in bed somewhere. And I may not be at that moment representing Christ very well with my attitude, actually. Um, we pray for people to recover so that they can get back in the game of making disciples, of letting people know who Christ is. You know, in the in the book of James, where it talks about, you know, praying for the sick and inviting the elders over so that they pray for the sick. You know, that passage is not about healing. It's about prayer, actually. It's about praying for people who, so that they will get back into the game, people who are still sick so that they would be healed. Add that to your prayer. You know, certainly you want to pray that somebody feels better. I want, when I'm sick, I want people praying for me that I feel better because I'm miserable and I'm making other people miserable probably. But the real prayer is not just for me and my comfort or you and or your friend who you're praying for and their comfort. The prayer is that they would get healthy and be used by God. And then whatever this experience has brought them through. Maybe you don't don't fully recover. Maybe you have had to have a surgery. Maybe you've had cancer and you've had to go through the ordeal of the surgeries and the chemotherapy and other stuff. You know, when you come out of that, you're changed. You might feel pretty good. Maybe you feel better than you had for a while. Sometimes, though, you don't. And sometimes you still have scars and you've got wounds for different things. You know, God can use those things in the life of other people to lead them to Christ. Anyway, the whole thought about that is when you pray for even celebrities to get better, if that even crosses your mind, imagine what would happen if Madonna, with all of her past and with all of the things that she said and that she has done, comes out one day and says, you know what? Um, I almost died. I was in the hospital and I got this weird infection and I don't know what caused it. And I had the tube in my throat and I was unresponsive for a while. And I came out and I noticed that people had prayed for me. And while I got back home, I started to think about my life. And I realized that there is a God and there is a God who will be the judge. And uh, I remembered the gospel I once heard and I gave my life to Christ. And now I'd like to tell you about it. I mean, imagine that. That would be a profound moment you know, obviously the best case for her, but imagine the influence that she would have. So I always think, you know, there is a way and a reason to pray for people like that. Um, Greg Laurie, who's doing the Harvest Crusade, and by the way, if you've been to Harvest Crusade, uh, you got a story you want to tell about that, give me a call, 888-528-2557. You can also call just to join the conversation if you'd like, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. 
uh, Greg Laurie knows a lot of musicians. It's you know a hobby of his. He loves music, and uh, he wrote a book um, last year. I think it came out last year, um, and it is about the faith of certain people that you have heard about, you know, who are uh, rock and roll uh, people. And he's done uh, several stories about it. You know, Alice Cooper would be one of those people that he has interviewed, you know, who has had a a music career that has been, you know, hard rock and drugs and the, and the whole thing that you want to put out there. Um, and, you know, I think that when you realize that some people just have a bigger platform that they're on for one reason or another. Um, when some people just have an audience that's going to listen to them, the book that uh, Greg wrote was called Lennon, Dylan, Alice, and Jesus, the spiritual bi- biography. And not all of those people maybe died Christian at some point. They all had a, a process. It's a very interesting thing to kind of get into the life. You know, it's a funny thing, a celebrity, you start to learn you feel like you know them, right? And you learn things about their life. You've never met them most in most cases, right? You never meet them. You'll never actually know them. But sometimes people, there's so much out there that's public, we start to feel like we know them. And their life becomes influential one way or the other. It can become influential in a very bad way, many people do, because they hold to a philosophy that leads to destruction. But many times they have that philosophy and they get saved, and then they change. They they do something that's very powerful. It's called repent. And that's something that impacts people. When we repent, it impacts the people that are influenced by our life. Repent when we turn around, when we head another direction. When we repent, it impacts people. It impacts people because they actually see change, and they wonder what happened, and they will ask you what happened. Well, anyway, that's a way. Would you do that? Would you take a moment? I'm going to take a break. Pray for Madonna, but pray for her salvation. Pray that she comes to Christ and becomes somebody with an influence for the kingdom of God. I don't think it's far-fetched. I think it's something that Jesus can do. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Have you been to the Harvest Crusade before or maybe a similar event like a Billy Graham Crusade or uh, a similar outreach like that, and maybe you got saved at one, or maybe you brought somebody who did. I'd love to hear your story. The Harvest Crusade is coming up July 1st and 2nd this weekend. It's at the Honda Center, okay? It's usually at the Big A. I always call it the Big A. Still, it's Is it Angel Stadium? What do they call that now, Wilbert? Used to be the Big A, then it was Anaheim Stadium. They should call it the Shohei Otani Stadium is what they really the ought to call it. team with two good players and not a winning record. Yeah, the team with like maybe the one of the best players ever. Yes, you know, Shohei Otani is beating breaking records that Babe Ruth set as a pitcher. Like people forget he was a pitcher. I mean, it's it's kind of sad to see two uh, outstanding talents being wasted. <laughs> 
that might generate some calls. You can call and talk to Wilbert. The number is 888-528-2557. I said that one time. I said, uh, you know what? That team's got a couple of players down there. That's all I said. And boy, I got some, I got some feedback from that. Uh, you know, but maybe after the, you know, the Dodgers fiasco, we got to uh, think about it. You know, a little bit. I would, I would be more of a fan if they called it went back to being the California Angels. I think that just makes more sense that, rather than the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles because they're the Los Angeles Angels. Is what they are, right? Uh, and they're they're really not. It could just be. I guess the Diamondbacks want to move. They could be the Los Angeles Diamondbacks of Phoenix. They could do that. Um, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Anyway, you know, before the break, I was talking about. Madonna's in the news. She's sick. Looks like she's going to be better and that we should pray for her salvation. And, and I think maybe maybe it comes to your mind that says, gosh, that person is so totally lost and rebellious. But maybe you were that person and now you're a Christian. Maybe you were brought to a Harvest Crusade or a similar event and, and got saved. You know that there's a guy uh, that got reported this week. Uh, his name is Josh, Josh uh, Timonen. And he was a right-hand man of uh, Richard Dawkins. You know who that guy is? He's the guy who wrote The God Delusion, and he went around uh, the world giving speeches really as a atheist. It's called a new atheist. I don't know if you're a new or old atheist. An atheist seems to me the qualification for being an atheist is not believing in God. But um, he was part of a, a movement that was really anti-Christianity. But now his right-hand guy got saved, apparently. And you think about that. This is a guy who you know, openly was telling people that Christianity is false, and now he has accepted Christianity. And you know what happened is he actually, this is, I find this really fascinating, he actually read The Case for Christ, the Lee Strobel book. And, you know, of of all the books, that one is, it's really good because I think the way it's written, you know, of books that are skeptics who turned uh, Christian, Lee Strobel is one of those people, and uh, that one is written in very simple relational language. There are some out there that are uh, very technical. If you really get into the serious uh, evidence that demands a verdict, that kind of thing, you know, there's it's amazing what's in there. But there's some scholarly work to it, and there's it's a, the case for Christ is scholarly, but it's a, a novel, and you can read it very you know smoothly. And uh, apparently he was confronted with a lot of the historical fact of Jesus's life, his ministry, and ultimately his resurrection. And that's the thing, is if you really investigate Christ, and we were talking about this earlier in the program today, three o'clock hour, the difference between, you know, religion and, you know, uh, or what makes a religion. And at some point, you have to put your faith somewhere, but with our faith, it shouldn't worry you if people question it. It's okay for people to have questions. What you do is you point people to the resurrection because it's really about that. Did the resurrection happen or not? Did Jesus come up out of the grave or not? And if he did, then there's hope for you. And if he did, there's hope for that person that you know, maybe like a Madonna or maybe like this guy, Josh Timonen, uh, or maybe you have a story. There's hope that you can be a hundred you know, miles away from Christ, anti-Jesus, and then get saved. And maybe that's going to happen to the person you're thinking of right now because of something going on in their life. 888-528-2557. Patricia in Huntington Beach. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Patricia. Well, uh, how are you? And actually, uh, you uh, asked if anybody had been in 
one of Billy Graham's crusades. I've been in two. Yeah. Uh, I served as a child and adult counselor in the one in Arizona. Okay. And the one here in 2004, Billy Graham's crusade in 2004, which was the last one that he was in or did. And that was up in uh, the Rose Bowl. Right. And uh, so it's quite an experience. You go through a whole month of training. Yeah. I don't think people realize that. You go through a whole month of training and, uh, you know, you're told what uh, material you hand out whenever you deal with somebody down on the, well, of course, at the uh, Rose Bowl, you were down on the, you know, the ground there. Right. And then uh, all I have to say is it was an incredible experience both times. The first time I had quite an experience afterwards. But um, what happened I'm afterwards? Really Oh, uh, I was saved. So, I mean, I was really saved myself. Like you were, you were a counselor. You're being wait a minute. You were, that, but, you were being trained to be a counselor and uh, to right. counsel other people to get saved. But you believe that you got right. saved yourself. Oh, I know I did. Yeah. I had that experience, and it was really wow, a kind of uh, an eye opener. I literally, I was on my way home, and I literally had to pull the car over and get out and. Uh, you know, just started yelling and was so excited. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the Holy Spirit all over the place. <laughs> you know, I think that's uh, that's quite a story there, Patricia. You know, there's a lot of people who go to church and who do who do church, right? We do the routines, right. and even so much as we're a volunteer at a Christian outreach event, um, I'll bet you're not the only one who's been uh, somebody who thought they were a Christian and then got saved at one of these things. Oh, all my life I always went to church, you know, as a child. I mean, I don't think I've rarely ever missed church. Yeah. So, of course, I just thought I was just a Christian for sure. Yeah. But there's a big difference when the Holy Spirit gets involved the way it did for me. And I, I, would, I would really like to see a lot of people go to this crusade. I think it's just going to be wonderful and uh, bring somebody that you yeah. know isn't saved because that's what's important. And that's the that's the deal, is bring somebody, and thank you, Patricia, for your call. I appreciate calling the Pastor Scott Show. Bring somebody. I, I consider these things, they're a tool for you because you, you are the evangelist in the life of the people that God has placed in your world. I believe that God has put you where you are on purpose so that you can demonstrate and announce the gospel. By demonstrate, I mean you live it out, right? You You be a Christian in front of people. And you live it out, and then you get prepared to give a reason for the hope you have. And things like the Harvest Crusaders are tools for you. That person who you think might need Christ, who might be open to it, uh, or maybe they would just hear, you know, you take them to this because it's going to be well done, and the music is going to be great. I think the music's going to be an experience. This time it's a little different because it's in the Honda Center and, uh, you know, a venue that's a little bit better made for concerts, maybe. But, um, I, you know, and the the people who are the counselors on the field, you know, in this case, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not on the ice because that will be, you know, dangerous. No, they're going to put the boards down. You'll be able to go out there on the in the bottom of the Honda Center. You know, a lot of those people out there are counselors who've gone through training, and that's important, right? So when you bring a friend, you invite somebody, and maybe you're just going to go by yourself. You can go by yourself. It's free. And if you decide you want to follow Jesus, you know, you may not know what to do. You know, Patricia probably had an idea what to do because you've been in church her whole life, but maybe you've never been in church. And uh, you go down there, the counselor's going to help you with that, and the follow-up matters. You know, we're called not really to make converts, we're called to make disciples. And that's really important because 
becoming a convert is part of discipleship, right? That's, that is a important place along the way. But it's the follow-up. It is people who give their life to Christ and then say, now what? In fact, one of the now what's is going to be baptism. In fact, that's one of the ways that I, you know, when people receive Christ at church or something, you know, do they do they have a sense that they should get baptized? If they do, I think that's a good sign that the Holy Spirit is leading them. And the Harvest Church is going to do a baptism out um, at the Pirates Cove in the Newport area afterward. And I would encourage uh you know, I I would put that in your your mind that somebody who accepts Christ and not just done, then there's baptism and there's a great way to do that, and then there's growing in Christ and sharing your own faith. You, you can share immediately. In fact, some of the best evangelists are people who are brand new Christians, because the life change is visible to people who aren't in church. You know, if you're not a Christian and you just became a Christian, probably most of your friends aren't Christians either, and they're going to want to know what's up with you. And you may not have the uh, the detailed, you know, doctrinal Christianity 101, 102, 103 answer, but you do have an answer that goes something like this. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. And that is a good enough answer for people who know you. See, the people who don't know you, that's not very convincing. But the people that you do life with every day, when they see that change in your life, it's super convincing because they see the change. And that is significant. So I want to encourage you, the the Harvest Crusade is coming up Saturday and Sunday, July 1st and 2nd. It's at the Honda Center. And uh, you can go to kkla.com and click on the Harvest Crusade banner if you want to learn more about that. And uh, I'll be there, so maybe I will be able to say hello. I'm looking forward to, to seeing you there. And I'll be doing the radio broadcast along with uh, David James here. And so maybe you'll hear us on the radio uh, with that. And be in prayer for that, because people will come to the Lord. And sometimes people do afterward. We had somebody on our show recently who said he went down. He was a Billy Graham crusade. He went down because he just wanted to go on the, the field at the stadium. He thought that would be cool. He got the situ, he got the uh, information, and then later on he got saved because of that. It's an amazing story and a great thing that's going to happen this weekend. We're out of time. You can get the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Your podcast, just look for the Pastor Scott Show or go to kkla.com. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. I will see you again tomorrow from 3 to 5. Have a good night. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.